this morning is a special morning, not only because we are able to be led by our children, but it is Mother's Day. And so um, we have been working our way through a sermon series that we call uh, Wonder Women, uh, Untold Stories of Great Faith. And so as a part of that, uh, as I was thinking about that series and I was also thinking about Mother's Day, I thought it would be really uh, good for us to be able to hear from others and the untold stories of faith and their journey and, ver- and a whole variety of seasons of motherhood. And so uh, we're going to be hearing, I'm going to be interviewing uh, four different women from our congregation this morning and just hearing about their journey of faith and their journey of motherhood and how God has been at work in their lives. Uh, you, you may be aware in Luke, the book of Luke, we often will go to these passages um, around Christmas time. But but Jesus had a mother, and it was really pretty interesting, I think. Let me just remind you uh, from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You, have, or you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and we be, will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and so the Holy One who will be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. See, here's the thing about Mary's journey through motherhood. In this passage, what we realize is it snuck up on her. She wasn't planning to be a mom. It wasn't, I mean, maybe someday, yes, that was was on the horizon, but not like this, not at all. She just, all of a sudden, one day, motherhood just dropped in her lap, if you like. The angel came and said, you're going to be on assignment. You're going to be a mother. Because motherhood is oftentimes messy. If, if I were to give a title for our service today, the theme would be the messiness of motherhood. We could say that about a whole variety of different things. But this morning, um, here we have M- Mary's journey in motherhood snuck up on her. And it didn't, it didn't, it was just a really interesting time. I don't know if you've really thought this through, but then she had a baby and it, <laughs> I think most women when they're pregnant have an idea of how they want the whole delivery thing to go. They have an idea of where they want to be, maybe even pick out some, the outfit they want to take with them home. They want to, they want to leave the hospital in or where they want to have. The, it's something that women give much thought to. Mary had a baby in a stable. I don't think that was part of her plan. It was kind of messy where she even began the journey. One, motherhood snuck up on her, and two, then she found herself giving birth in a stable. (laughs) Jesus, of course, grew 
and, and they were a faithful family. And so they would go and they would worship at the temple. And I don't know if you remember when Jesus was 12 years old. And then they went and they worshiped. And then they were on their way home. And after a day's journey, then all of a sudden, Mary and Joseph realized that their son, Jesus, isn't with them. And so for three days, they go looking for Jesus. It took three days for them to realize until they got to the point that they realized that Jesus was in the temple. And then they go find Jesus and they say, Jesus, what are you doing to us? And he says, what? What are you talking about? Didn't you understand? This is where I'm supposed to be, in my father's house. And Mary and Joseph were there. I mean, that's, that's kind of a parent fail, I think. But Mary also had to watch her son, Jesus, when Jesus was in his ministry, his public ministry, and then she thought that he was crazy. And she, along with her other sons, went to find Jesus. Jesus was teaching in a crowded house. And the, the people word got to Jesus and said, your mother and brothers are outside. And Jesus said to them, who is my mother and brothers? I mean, can you imagine as a mother going down this journey of thinking that your son is not well, somehow he's out of his mind, and then him saying, who is my mother and brothers? He looks to his disciples and say, these are my mothers and my mother and sisters and brothers who are following the, world, the will of God. What an interesting journey of motherhood. And then, of course, it was Mary who had to watch her son get nailed to a cross and put into a tomb and rise again. It's messy, I suggest to you. The journey through life, but Mary's journey through motherhood. And if that was the case for the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, then it probably seems the case for those who are following after him as his disciples, don't you think? This morning, this holiday is a fantastically warm and wonderful holiday. It is also terribly complex because there are some of you here this morning who long to be a mother and you've been missing out on motherhood. You thought as a young girl that you, that you would end up as a mother one day and yet you still continue to remain unmarried. So I'd like to uh, begin our, our interview portion by welcoming uh, Lori McBride and Stacy Gilbert to the platform. Will you please welcome them? Welcome. There are microphones there for you. You have to, you have to use them. Uh, you don't get a choice. <laughs> well, Stacy, why don't we begin by just introducing us to your family. Tell us a little bit about uh, the people you spend most of your time with. Sure. Well, those two girls on the right feel like family, but they're not my actual blood family. But <laughs> my family's on the left with my husband, Andy. Um, Lydia is our oldest. She's our daughter, and she just turned eight. And then Isaiah's on the right, and he will be six this summer, and Levi in the bottom left, and he'll be four this summer. So you have a young family. We do. And one of them was just singing right here. We're, Two we're of both them, of them actually were, were yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Mom. Way to get him here. <laughs> Got, one of them wasn't up last year, so what a difference a year makes. Yeah, Two that's great. last year. Uh, so, Lori, why don't you introduce us to your family? Uh, my family's on the right, and I'm married to Mike, and our daughters are And they, he's at Bethel University, and Elizabeth is a high school senior at Maple Grove. And she was baptized just last week, right? She was. Yeah, which is exciting. Exciting family moment. Yeah. 
So on this Mother's Day, um, you know, you look, you guys both look fantastic in your pictures. Is that how it always is? Is that how every day is? No? Hardly. <laughs> I thought about putting a picture of sweatpants and a t-shirt and not washed hair for a week or so, because that's more realistic, but... So with, you know, Stacy, with, with a family, a young family, it's a lot of busyness. They they're really need you. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the, as you sort of journey through motherhood on a day-to-day -day basis, what are some of the biggest challenges that you have found yourself wrestling through? Um, well, there's never a dull moment. I find it a luxury if I can go to the bathroom by myself with somebody knocking on the door if the door is closed and locked. Um, otherwise, it's Grand Central Station in the bathroom if the bathroom door is not closed. So there's never a dull moment. It's mess, um, projects, crafts, Legos, beads, whatever, everywhere most of the time. Laundry is always on the floor, never ending. Um, what else? Getting kids to activities and whatever is craziness. There's a, it's just, there's a lot going on. It's a crazy, crazy ride. Um, so that's kind of daily challenges, I guess. Um, but there's also the challenges of, you know, as she talked about in the video, just the media world, media-driven world that we live in and the challenges as a mom you face when you look at Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat, um, which are all fun things, which I enjoy myself, but it's easy to kind of feel like you're not doing things right, that you're inadequate, that, um, I don't know, you start to doubt yourself and can easily get discouraged. And I think that was the challenge that maybe I didn't expect, um, but is definitely, definitely there. Yeah, I think, I, I think um, Pinterest ruined every class party ever, I or know, birthday, birthday party. Because it added so much pressure, like you have to take pictures and post it. Uh, I wonder, um, uh, Lori, if, is there similar challenges? Or as you have now children that are now moved into the, through the teenage years and, and almost on the end of that, similar pressures or different pressures? Or what were some of the challenges that, uh, that you faced in this, that particular season different than when, when the, your children were younger, your girls were younger? I think with um, the adolescents, there was a lot of mystery whereas the younger kids, it was all right there, right in front of you every day. And um, through what, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by mystery? Well, just as they're changing physically and socially and emotionally, I felt like uh, when they were younger, I was able to kind of see and feel and maybe know their needs a little bit more. And as they became teenagers, I knew that less and they were with me a little less and so some of the anxieties of you know are they going to make good decisions are they going to have healthy friendships and um, Mike always says that kids don't come with an instruction manual and if they did you'd need a different one for every um, child and so um, just kind of trying to figure out what they needed when they needed it when they could talk and what to talk about was um, probably more the mystery part yeah, of makes the adolescence. Yeah, when they're younger, you can just put them places, not anymore. And you can <laughs> orchestrate their schedules and their sure. friends and you know what they're eating, you know where they are. Um, you know exactly how they're feeling. I mean, it's a good point. It's like 
Sometimes I say, if only I could actually say how I feel like my three and a half year old does. I mean, it's just out there. <laughs> right it's like, there. Yeah, yeah. And I think as they got older, it was more, um, you know, Megan now in college, it's the letting go and not making sure I'm not clipping their wings. Yeah. And, um, and again, just praying for who's going to be surrounding them, um, praying away unhealthy friendships and praying for good, healthy friendships that, um, you know, they're it being influenced by more outside of the home. Yeah, so you, you've kind of transitioned into saying, this is the challenge, and now this is kind of how I've been handling this. I, you, by praying away people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're on my pray away list. Uh, I, I imagine that's not published anywhere. Um, Probably not, but it's, it's true. Um, <laughs> Do your girls know you're praying away those people? Do you tell them? Absolutely not. Okay, um, all right. But, you know, a little bit, too, you know, as you challenge them, you know, with their relationships and how they feel in those different circumstances. But I think moving on to that, you know, how um, what we've done as we face a challenge is as we've prayed people into their lives, um, yes, for their peers, but also um, just the adults that would be in their lives. And our church family is extremely important to our family, to Mike and me, and um, the support and the love that, and the accountability that our girls receive as a result of their relationships with so many of you. And then just the teaching and the ministries of Christy to Tony to Zach and um, just other people who have worked with them is um, truly just a huge blessing for our girls and their lives. So you made an intentional decision that you would surround your girls with people from, from the church to, that could come alongside them. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. And I think people at different ages, because they need peers, but they need, you know, young, fun moms. They need um, people who are our ages and people who are their grandparents' ages to be those people in place, safety nets around them. And so that's been a huge blessing. We have people coming up asking our girls, how are your grades? And our girls don't <laughs> flinch because these people have invested in their lives. And It's not um, like it's none of your business. Right? right. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how did they feel that you were going to be uh, on stage talking about motherhood, mothering them? Um, you didn't well, ask. Well, Megan is home because it's Mother's Day and... Um, Elizabeth said, I'm excited to hear you speak, Mom. Um, Good. So I guess I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. Thumbs up or thumbs down. They didn't get to yeah. vote. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Stacy, tell me, I mean, we, you shared some of the challenges, which is just, just the neediness of the children and not having time and just the busyness of every, every single day. Um, so tell how have you kind of processed through those challenges? How, how have you kind of worked through some of those things? Yeah. Or how are you learning yeah. to, how maybe? Am, it would yeah, be a better exactly. way to ask that. Um, you know, I think it's finding moments. I remember a time when all three of my kids were fussing or whining, and I was like, I need to take a moment to myself. And so told them, of course, everybody was safe, but I was like, Mommy needs to go upstairs for a little bit. Walked up to my room, and I closed my door, and I could still hear my kids crying. 
So I went into my bathroom and closed my door and I could still hear him crying. So I went into my closet and closed the door and I heard nothing. And so I sat down and cried. And I think, you know, it felt like 20 minutes to me sitting there in my closet on the floor crying. And, but it was probably like a minute before somebody was up knocking on the door. But I think finding little moments where if it's that, escaping to a closet and just finding time to pray and ask God for strength and for wisdom and for patience on how to get through the day and how to make choices in your parenting that honor him. Or if it's just in the car, turning on music and praising the Lord through music with your kids. Um, so that's a piece of it. And I think also it's kind of what Lori talked about a little bit too, but surrounding yourself with with other people. And I have some amazing girlfriends that I wouldn't be able to get through motherhood without that encourage me and speak truth to me and truth of who Jesus is to me. Um, and you know that you're not alone. You're not the only one who's going through certain stages or circumstances with your kids. And it's just refreshing to have other people that are journeying in the same things as you. And I think to just being able to connect with Andy, with my husband and being on the same page as him, um, that's really important as well, finding time to have dates together, even if it's after kids are in bed and you put a movie in or eat popcorn or whatever. And um, I guess one other thing um, is also finding people that have gone through it before. Um, you know, we've given our parents sort of permission to speak into our lives if they see things that need correction or they also encourage us a lot too. Um, uh, and just, yeah, finding people that have done it before that can come alongside and encourage you and teach you still as there is no manual for parenting, so. So in every season of, of life, then, you know, God shows up in different ways and, and meets us in different spaces. Uh, um, sometimes even just allowing our tears to be our prayers in the middle of a closet um, or however big your closet is, I don't know. <clears throat> but um, uh, Stacy, maybe just share a little bit of some of the things you've learned about God in this season of, of, of mothering. Yeah. Um, I think a big thing is just that he is enough. You know, I mean, he's enough to cover the moments that we maybe don't do the best in. Um, his grace covers us. Um, he's enough to get me through each moment. He's enough to fill me up um, just when, I'm, when I am feeling down. Or, um, and he's enough to, I don't know, re fill me with joy, too, on a, on a lighter side. Um, and I think I've just learned to kind of have a shift in perspective a little bit about mothering. You know, the pressures that you feel. Ultimately, what matters are the hearts of my three kids. And Andy and I pray that they will choose Christ and that they'll love him and serve him as they continue to grow older. So I think it's kind of a shift in perspective for me, I guess, is kind of a main thing I think about. Laurie, how about for you? As, as you've gone through now the young stage and now you're, you're on the, the, the teenagers, they're, they're, they're adulting. Um, how has that changed your faith? How have you, how has God showed up for you? How has that looked like for you? Um, definitely that God is faithful. And he, just the answers to prayer that we, Mike and I have prayed for our girls and then to see those prayers being answered and to hear their prayers and witness their prayers being answered. 
Um, I think just his provision, again, for those people that are our family that um, loves and invests in our kids. Um, my life verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that's even with my mom's heart for my girls. Um, and, you know, acknowledge him and know that there's so much inadequacies in me as a mom, even though I want to be there for them and, and be that safety net for them. But just to acknowledge him, that he is their um, provider and guider and all those things. And um, the end of the verse, that he, and he will make your path straight. So for me to know, okay, now in this stage, what do I need to do? And then pray that they will acknowledge him and that he will then too make their path straight as they become independent women. Thank you so much for, for sharing this morning. Can I just pray for you and for your families? Father, you are so good to us in so many ways. And I just thank you for the Gilbert family and for the McBride family. And I thank you for Stacy and for Lori and for their willingness to just share and open up their their hearts to us as their church family. And so, Father, will you just, will you by your spirit just really bless them and watch over them, put a hedge of protection around their families. And may each of the children who these mothers care and love so deeply uh, one day profess you as, as the Lord and Savior. And we just ask your blessing upon each of their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As we receive the offering, I would like to invite uh, Mary Dieter to come and join me. Would you please welcome Mary to the, to the platform? Welcome. Thank you, Mary, for coming and being with us this morning. Yes, it's dangerous giving me a mic. <laughs> <laughs> We're risky folk here okay. at the Grove. Uh, so uh, can you introduce us to your family? There's some pretty uh, pictures can. up there. Yes, I do. Uh, I don't have a picture of everybody all together. Um, on the far right is Joel and Amy Harmon. They're three children, Nathan, Sophie, and Caleb, and they live in Rogers. And she's my oldest daughter. Um, Kitty corner from her on the bottom is Katie Klott, and she is my second daughter with her children, um, Andy Olivia um, on the lap, and then Oliver and Sawyer, and she is a single mom. Uh, she's been a single mom for 10 years, and I give them much credit when you have to be both mom and dad, and she's doing a great job. And then on the top left is my son and his wife, Sarah, Ben and Sarah Dieter, uh, their son, Levi, and then there's Lauren and Sophia, and then there's Lincoln, and Lincoln is Down syndrome, and he will be two in September when they will be expecting their fifth. Wow. So they are a busy household as well, and they are here today. They came from Rogers. They're from Rogers. So ben and, um, ben and Amy at the top are in Rogers, and then Katie and my youngest daughter, Margie, with her farmer husband, Eric, um, are in Roseau, and they're farmers. Go big or go home, and they farm big. And they have um, Hannah Rose and Asher and Boaz. And um, between Ben and Margie, the two in the upper and lower, we had a daughter, Hannah. And Hannah passed away when she was 19. So okay. I was a busy mom. I had five in um, eight years. 
Indeed, You're, you've got quite the family. Well, your family gatherings, do you get them all together? I mean... P pretty much. They, they, they all work pretty hard at, at getting together. Okay, and they all like each other. They do. All right, they good. understand each other. Yeah, good. and they offer grace. <laughs> they know the Dieter way. All right, yeah. good, good. So you're, I, I wanted to just um, hear a little bit more and just sort of the journey uh, through motherhood as you went through the loss of your daughter, your 19-year-old daughter. So we just had... Um, we just had Lori share just as she's kind of moved through and moving through the teenage years. That's right where you were when, when you yeah. lost your daughter. How, how did that happen? Well, it was, um, it was actually Memorial Day weekend, and um, she was finishing up her first year of uh, nursing school, and she was a lovely girl. That Sunday, um, both Margie and Hannah were singing in church. They were doing... Um, Praise, praise music in church that Sunday. And um, then they left, and they were actually going to Grand Forks um, to get a birthday present for me, which was going to be June 3rd. And they got in a head-on car crash. Um, not their fault. A lady crossed the line and, and hit them. Two died in that car crash. And um, Margie um, survived. And um, <clears throat> that was, they were with their friends. And it was... Um, it was a tough time, but honestly, we had, uh, I have a praying, a great husband that prays. I'm sorry, Mike, I didn't get your picture up there. Um, <laughs> you, you all know who he is. He's the handsome one that's with me on Sundays. Um, the, the one handsome man walking around the yeah, building. Yeah, the one handsome yeah, man. Right. All right, okay. Yes. Um, we were a praying family, and our our time with our children and our prayers for our children was that God would move them toward himself, that they would see the need of him, and then they that they would become men and women of God and that they would know there's a world that needs them too. So um, they grew up owning, I think, prayer and owning that God is in control. And I remember after the funeral, my youngest daughter walking with me, she had a broken collarbone and we were out walking and she said, Mom, are you, are you okay with this? And I said, Margie, just because something happened that I don't like and I didn't plan, it doesn't mean God is not in control. And I said, we will all get through this just fine. And part of it was Hannah loved the Lord. And um, I remember Mike sharing at her funeral important things that Hannah loved the Lord and he knew it. And the Lord loved Hannah and she knew it. And we loved Hannah and she knew it. And Hannah loved us and we knew it. And there is a great peace that comes through that knowledge. So that's a foundation for being able to say, because of these truths, these things that we know to be true about mm -hmm. your relationship and her relationship with the Lord, and that you were able to begin the process of sort of grieving the loss mm -hmm. of your daughter. Mm -hmm. um, how in those and how long ago was that, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, let's see, it was '99, so we're getting on, yeah. you know, quite a while. Yeah, she's so, almost been gone as long as we had her, so that's it. You know, but it, there is a definite grieving process. I mean, I, I spent that, oh, I spent about a year soaking in the Psalms. I think that was the only thing I could read or do. So tell me about that. Um, why, why did you, how did you land there? Why did you land there? And what did you draw from that 
during yeah. that time. Yeah. Um, this, when I was in the Psalms, there was just such comfort of um, so much of it. And I remember highlighting and marking and yes, this is true. And yes, okay, Lord. And I, I would claim promises from, from the Psalms. And I would say, Lord, you said this. You know, you will return my joy. Lord, you will. And um, so... I knew I, I was not the first to ever go through this. I, I lost a brother when he was 22, and I watched my mother go through that. So, um, and you know you're not the first, and we can't quantify losses because there's a lot of different ones out there. But um, just knowing that God is in control, that he is sovereign, that he, his banner over me is love, that he goes in front of us and behind us and beside us and... Um, you know, you just take great comfort in, in, in that while you're going through that loss. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, so in one sense, being able to go into the Psalms and say um, uh, humbly and, and respectfully to God, you said so, yeah. you promised. Yeah. And then just and, and leaving it there and saying, so here I am. Yeah, and yeah. You know, I, I know going through that loss, <clears throat> it drew our family closer together, for sure, that, you know, they, they, all, they all loved Hannah, and I mean, it was a, a drawing. Um, I, I think, too, going through that loss, I, God told me, and I realized that my children came through me. They came through me and Mike. But they didn't come from him. They came, I mean, they didn't come from us. They came from him, and they are his. And I really learned then to open up my hands and uh, just really give them to the Lord, whether it was um, a daughter that is having to be a single mom or uh, Sarah and Ben with little Lincoln, uh, opening up your hands and saying, Lord, they are, they are yours. And um, I... Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, I, I became a, when I became a believer, I claimed a verse, Second um, Corinthians 5.15. Um, he died for all that we who live should not live for ourselves, but for him who died and rose again on our behalf. And truly, I, I just felt like that's my call, my call. I, you know. We have to dying to self is a tough issue. Yeah, it is painful. It. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mary, thank you so much. Okay. I could sit here and talk for a lot yeah. longer. Uh, yeah. If time permitted, I would. Yeah. Uh, let me pray. Can okay, I pray for you? you? Father, we give you uh, thanks and praise uh, for your promises and that all of the promises of Scripture find their yes and amen in Christ and all that he has done for us in Christ alone, indeed, as we've just sung. And Father, I thank you for the way that you have been so faithful in the Dieter family and that ways that you have showed up, even though this is not the way that the story would have been written if you let them have the chance. And yet it's the way that your story was written in their lives. And so we give you thanks and praise. And for the privilege of just being able to hear your faithfulness in, in the Dieter family life, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like to introduce one final... Uh, guests this morning, uh, please welcome Kathy White. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you. 
You have to hold it up. I have to hold yeah, it up. Yeah, okay, there you go. There you go. Well, you had the privilege of listening to everybody else. I right? know. All right, so we're expecting way more from you. I, I'm, I'm very intimidated. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm totally kidding. Uh, Kathy, can you just do us a favor? Introduce us to your family. Can you do that? I will do that. Uh, there's one missing. We're the world's worst Facebooker photo people, so just we're going to make you all feel good. On the, on the um, far side, that's my daughter at the top, and her, Alyssa and her husband, Brad, and their four children a couple years ago. And then the one on the other side is a more current picture of the grandkids. And uh, I also have, that's Zia in the front with the reddish hair. She's 10. And Zana is 7. And Zori is 13. And Tovin is 14. And uh, I also have an adult son who is not pictured. He's always, he's out in Christian camping world. So he's never available for photographs. So he's not up there, but it's a wonderful He's a wilderness plan. wanderer. Yeah. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah good. Uh, well, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So you have um, the privilege of having walked through all of the stages that we've talked about here, just as far as the, the watching your children grow. And tell us a little bit now, as, as a mother of adult children, what, what's some of the challenges that you were faced with as you, as you kind of got into this sort of stage and what, what did you learn? Well, I think as you move in past the different stages, the, the stages where you feel like you had some control and then a little less control and then all of a sudden you have no control. And so there's a sense of having to redefine who you are as a mom and as a person uh, that I am an influencer now, I am not a shaper in the same way. And, uh, was so that hard for you? Was that a hard, like, did that just come naturally to you? You go, oh, yeah, this is just the next season. Or were you like, wait a minute, like, I'm supposed to, what happened? <laughs> well, I think there, there are seasons, uh, there's ups and downs in that. Okay. I think sometimes um, if you have a good relationship with your kids, it's sort of seamless. Most of the time it, it doesn't, isn't real noticeable because you've kept talking. But there are times when they're making those huge decisions in life and making choices that you really don't have control over, that you really have to sit back and say, okay, I am not the parent anymore, I am the alongsider. I remember my daughter got married, and Brad's a wonderful choice. Uh, we felt totally good about this marriage, but the first year of her marriage was one of my hardest years hmm. because it was like reality meeting the fairy tale, and how are they gonna navigate that? Hmm. And so there is this sense of I have to sit back and, and keep relinquishing them to God. It's like, okay, God, you are the ultimate parent now. I want to have a voice if you want me to, but you really have to take over from here. So they're making decisions and they weren't asking your opinion? Well, they, usually they did, but oh, okay. sometimes they'll make the decision anyway. <laughs> Regardless. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, so in that space where you were, you said it was the hardest, hardest year, um, how, did you, how did you work through that? How did you process through that? Well, I think most parents can identify with this, that you just really have to say, okay, Lord, help me know when to speak and when not to. Mm -hmm. And I love the, the praying for the kids that Lori talked about is, it's okay, I'm gonna pray, pray them through this. And you, you know when your kids are struggling and having difficulties, and there are some things you can speak into, but most things you really have to go to the Lord. So for me personally, it's been a season of learning to run to the Lord instead of voicing my opinion or um, Tim's opinion uh, in, the, in the situation. So your natural tendency is to speak. 
Well, and, yeah, we want to we want to help. Right. <laughs> Mothers help. just want to help, <laughs> and it's so hard. And some things you just can't help. It is their choice and their decisions. So, as you've worked through this, how what are how has this formed and shaped your relationship with God? How has that looked different now in this sort of new stage? You've had to sort of redefine who you are and sort of what you your activities and all these different things. And how is that, what's the interplay between that and your faith? What does that look like? Well, I think there's a couple things for me personally is all through my adult life, I've really tried to say to the Lord, what are the things that you have called me specifically to? So there, I call them the non-negotiables in my life. If you're a mom, that's a non-negotiable. Wife, non-negotiable. These are the primary calls on my life. But as the kids grow, and now Tim is gone, it's like, okay, Lord, there's a new season. What are the new non-negotiables? Grandkids are part of that. You know, they are, I can only be the only, or one of two grandmas in their life. So what does that look like and feel like? Help me shape that. But more importantly, it really is going back to what has already been said, is God has made promises to us. And he has said, he will do this, and he will, he will parent me as I parent my children. And really holding him to those promises. Uh, as Mary said, I'm praying back to him what he says he will do for me. And um, that gives you peace, even when your kids are going up and down, and your grandkids now, they're in adolescence, it's like, oh no, we're going through this again. But there's a peace because you just know the Lord, he does come through. And I think the older we get, the more we can just rest in that. And I'm just resting in his ultimate parenting skills for all of us. God is the ultimate parent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me that, you know, the younger, you believe God's promises, you think that, the, but, but man, and then you go, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, seen, I've seen God show up in so many different ways over the course of time. Mm-hmm. Listen, he's got this. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how exactly he's going to work it out, mm-hmm. but he's got this. Yeah. The, the struggle, I think, is we know our choices and we know how we will handle situations. But as we launch our children into the real world, we're really not quite sure what they're going to choose and how they're going to navigate it. And that's where that uncertainty comes in. And that's where, again, we have to invite God in to say, please nudge them, hit them, do whatever you have to do to move them where they need to go. (laughs) And pray people away. Yeah, pray people people away. I love that. Get rid of those folks. God, lightning bolts, whatever you need to do, just take care of it. Kathy, thank you so much for your wisdom and for being willing to share. Can I just pray for you? Father, I thank you for Kathy and just for the wisdom that, that she has and for the way that she has walked on a long journey with you and, your, and knows your faithfulness and your promises. I thank you for her family and for her grandchildren. And I do pray that her children will um, and grandchildren will continue on in the, the faith of her grandmother. Uh, we... Uh, we, we are just grateful for the way in which you use uh, people who've gone before us to, to, to show us and to remind us of your promises that they are true in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Four stories, all with a common theme of the faithfulness of God and his goodness to them. If, if you had the opportunity, if we had a microphone, if we had time, each of you, many of you could share the exact same story of God's goodness and his faithfulness every single day of all of our lives. And so that's the confidence that we go out with. That's the, that's the, that's the foundation on which we walk out into our Monday and the rest of our, our Mother's Day. Thanking God, because this is our story and his goodness all the day long. Let me pray and we'll go. Father, I thank you so much for the great privilege 
that is ours, to be able to be reminded of your goodness, to be reminded of your sovereignty, to be reminded of the, the way in which you perfectly work out all things in each of our lives. Thank you uh, for each of the women and their willingness to share their journey and their story with us, just a part of what you've been doing in each of their lives. And now, Father, it is to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.